everybody, and welcome to the 1853 podcast of Monmouth College. I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing, and this is the 1853 podcast, a weekly program in which we tell you about the people, events, programs, and history that make Monmouth an outstanding National Liberal Arts College. And we try to get that done in about 18 minutes and 53 seconds. In this 25th edition of the 1853 podcast of Mama's 2018-19 school year, we'll tell you about Mama's Light This Candle campaign. It was announced last Friday and Saturday. We'll also hear about Greek Week activities on campus, and we'll preview the Donald B. McMullen Lecture in Biology. That's coming up this Monday, March 25th. Before we get into this week's program, a few notes about events taking place on campus. Later in the podcast, we'll get a preview of the Donald B. McMullen Lecture in Biology, which will be given on Monday, March 25. But don't forget that on the next day, we'll have the 2019 Wendell Whiteman Memorial Lecture. That will be given at 11 in the morning on Tuesday, March 26, and it will be given in the Dahl Chapel and Auditorium. This year's Whiteman Lecture will be given by Andrew Heath. He is the Vice President of International Operations at Jupiter Machine Tool. That's a manufacturing company that was started last year in Galesburg. The art show Wild Things, Nature and Social Imagination, which features the works of artist Sandra Williams of the University of Nebraska, is now on display in the Everett Gallery, which is, of course, on the upper floor of the Hughes Library, That show runs through April 7. You can read more about that show and the upcoming Whiteman Lecture in the news section of the Monmouth College website. And that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash news. Finally, another reminder to get your tickets now for Monmouth's upcoming production of the Lionel Bart Classic Stage Musical, Oliver. The show, which is co-produced by the Buchanan Center for the Arts, will be presented April 11th through the 14th in the Wells Theater on the Monmouth College campus. To get your tickets, go to the Monmouth Theater homepage, and that address is monmouthcollege.edu slash theater, theater spelled R-E. Although last weekend was a celebration of wearing the green in honor of St. Patrick's Day, the Monmouth community celebrated the power of crimson and white during the public announcement of the Light This Candle campaign. The campaign, which will significantly bolster Monmouth's endowment by raising a minimum of $75 million through December 31, 2022, More than 60% of that goal, about $45.3 million, has already been reached. The chairman of the Light This Candle campaign is Monmouth trustee William Goldsboro of Glen Ellen, Illinois. He's a 1965 Monmouth alumnus, and he's the immediate past chairman of the Monmouth Board of Trustees. Working along him will be Board of Trustees Chairman Mark Kapinski of New York. He's a 1979 Monmouth alumnus. In making the public announcement on campus last Friday afternoon, Monmouth College President Clarence R. Wyatt said that the Light This Candle campaign will help Monmouth 
forge a new path. Monmouth is distinctively positioned to define another path, creating a more intentional, purposeful, and coordinated program of human development and ensuring that this experience is responsive and available to a changing American and global society. This path represents the next stage in the evolution of the residential liberal arts experience. In this time of dramatic change for higher education, Monmouth has not just the opportunity, but the necessity, the duty to lead. President Wyatt said that the Light This Candle campaign has four pillars, or more appropriately, given the name of this campaign, four candles. Being a place of high opportunity that is devoted to nurturing high achievement among students from all backgrounds. Investing in high quality by recruiting and retaining outstanding faculty and staff and by encouraging and supporting innovation in the teaching and learning experience. Maintaining and enhancing a living and learning environment that empowers that experience of human development. And by creating a stronger financial base for the college by building an even stronger culture of philanthropy. President Wyatt explained that the name of the campaign has two origins. One is historical and the other one is particular to Monmouth. Alan Shepard, the first American in space, told Mission Control to launch his rocket by declaring, solve your little problem and light this candle. But in addition, in addition to Alan Shepard's call to innovation and adventure, light this candle has another, deeper meaning one rooted in the tradition of Monmouth College. A flame of white and crimson has lighted the way for generations of young people for more than 160 years. <coughs> Through the vision, courage, and generosity of the Monmouth family, that flame will burn stronger and brighter. Most of all, through the young men and women whose paths will be illuminated by the Monmouth College experience, the world will be a better place. As President Wyatt noted, the Light This Candle campaign will help Monmouth reach a new level of success. The college has accomplished much, but those accomplishments pale in comparison to what is now clearly within our reach. Let us capture the possibility in this moment and pass on to those who will follow us an institution of even greater impact in the lives of young people and through them on the nation and world that they and we serve. Our ability to seize this moment to place Monmouth College on an irreversible path to greater levels of service, strength, and acclaim lies in our hands. To paraphrase our alma mater, let the devotion of a thousand hearts speak now and for generations to come. Let the flame of white and crimson burn forever brighter. That's Monmouth President Clarence R. Wyatt officially kicking off the Light This Candle campaign last Friday afternoon on campus. The kickoff ceremony was also held last Saturday up in Chicago. And you can read more about the Light This Candle campaign on the front page of the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. This is the Monmouth College 1853 podcast, and I'm Dwayne Bonifer in the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. The week of March 17 through the 23rd is a special one for members of Mama's three women's fraternities and four men's fraternities. Greek Week celebrates not only the men and women who belong to the seven houses on campus, 
but also the work they do to make a difference both on campus and in the city of Monmouth. Of course, Greek life has special meaning at Monmouth. That's because Monmouth is the birthplace of the women's fraternity movement. Pi Beta Phi was founded at the college in 1867, and three years later, Kappa Kappa Gamma was founded on campus. Alpha Z Delta, Monmouth's third women's fraternity, was founded at the former Lombard College over in Galesburg, and it's now the active chapter that is closest to its founding location. Money raised by Monmouth's Greek chapters during Greek Week will be donated to help the Western Illinois Animal Rescue. In addition to the usual social activities and events, Greek Week at Monmouth includes a day of service, which will be on Saturday, March 23. Greek Life students will head into the Monmouth community to help out at the Western Illinois Animal Rescue. They'll help out the residents at area retirement homes and folks at other nonprofits in the area. Assistant Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life and Student Life Max Sizer says that the day of service is one of Greek Week's highlights. Well, it's one of the most important things for during this week to incorporate philanthropy and service into our programs. That's why Fraternities and Stories were created, and it's we're all values-based organizations, and getting back to those values and core beliefs um, can be seen through philanthropy and, and giving our time and money to great charitable causes and uh, community partners that need extra help is important, and I think that's something that we really want to have incorporated this year and making sure that our students can see that connection. Ashley Maurer of Fairborough, Illinois is a Monmouth mathematics and economics senior. She's a member of Alpha Z Delta sorority and she's one of the co-directors of Greek Week at Monmouth. Ashley says that Greek Week is a great opportunity to connect and celebrate Greek life on campus. Uh, it's a really big deal because we get to bring all of our organizations together for some friendly competition and just a lot of connecting amongst us. Um, we wanted to really kind of take advantage of that and create activities that have been different than we've done in the past and we've been really excited about that. Ashley says that being involved with Greek life has enhanced her college experience. Yep, I entered Greek life first semester of my freshman year. And of course, it's a little stressful at first because it's, you know, the first week of school, but it's so worth it because you meet so many people right then and there, right off the back, and those are some of your lifelong friends. I've loved taking on leadership positions, honestly. Um, it's kind of allowed me to grow personally. So yes, I've made a lot of friends, but I've had a lot of personal and professional growth. Um, so I was the financial chair, and because I'm an economics major, that has tied directly into my major. Um, and I've also held other positions that have taught me um, being assertive and also trying to respect lots of different uh, groups of people and everything. So it's, it's been a really rewarding experience. Rachel Book of Byron, Illinois is a Monmouth biochemistry senior and a member of Pi Beta Phi sorority. She's the other co-director of Greek Week and Rachel says that Greek Week is also a great way to build community. Um, I hope people can create more bonds with each other. So all these activities have brought them together individually, like individual chapters, but also by being paired with another organization, you get to learn more about them, get to interact with uh, those members more. Um, so I'm hoping that by the end of the week, people will be more comfortable to interact with other organizations and be able to 
communicate and go to exchanges and philanthropy events hosted by the other organizations. And Rachel says that being involved in Greek life has helped her discover and develop leadership skills she didn't know she had when she started college. Um, like Ashley, I also enjoyed the leadership positions. Coming in as a freshman, I was very scared and like talking to anybody. And then joining PiFi, I took on the event planner, then the administration position, um, which led me to applying to be the director. Um, but also, I really enjoyed making connections with our alumni. I have met one of, I'd say, a close friend that we communicate on it monthly basis about what's going on in her life, what's going on in my life, and she has opened doors for me post-graduation in like the medical fields I'm going into. Max Sizer says that Greek Week is a reminder that Greek life at Monmouth is not only vibrant, but it's also the source of a lot of success stories. And it's so integral because of the lifelong connections that are made uh, during your time and that allows for networking opportunities once our students have graduated and, and that's regardless of what organization it could be um, connecting with someone who is a Greek alum in a different organization than your own but you still have that that connection of what it means to be in a fraternity or sorority at Monmouth College. Uh, we're different here uh, looking across nas national trends of academics were above where there are new reports saying that that's not truly indicative uh, here at Monmouth we can we can say that's true and we have the data to back it up and students that are involved in our programs are more likely to graduate and it's it's a key component of campus life and we have a rich history here at Monmouth and um, something that we want to continue for a long time. That's Monmouth Assistant Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life and Student Life, Max Sizer. You also heard from the co-directors of this year's Greek Week on campus, seniors Rachel Book of Pi Beta Phi and Ashley Maurer of Alpha Z Delta. You can read more about Greek Week at Monmouth in the news section of the Monmouth College website. And that address is monmouthcollege.edu news. Before we head into this week's final segment, a reminder of the many ways in which you can follow Monmouth College in the social media spectrum. The college's main Facebook page is facebook.com slash monmouthcollege. The college's main Twitter account is at Monmouth, and you can follow all of Monmouth Athletics on Twitter at MC Fighting Scots. The college is on Instagram at Monmouth College, and if you're on Snapchat, be sure to follow Monmouth on Snapchat at This Is Monmouth. And to celebrate the arrival of spring musically, be sure to check out Monmouth College on Spotify for some great recommendations. The latest round of fires that tore through California were yet another reminder that fire management is one of the critical issues facing the nation's most populous state. And that timely topic will be the subject of this year's Donald B. McMullen Lecture in Biology. Fire Management and the Future of Southern California's Sky Islands will be the topic of the talk given by ecologist Samuel Sweet. He's a researcher and professor at the University of California at Santa Barbara. His talk will be given at 7 in the evening on Monday, March 25 in Patti Auditorium. That's on the first floor of the Center for Science and Business 
and the talk is free and open to the public. Mammoth biology professor Kevin Baldwin studied under Professor Sweet in graduate school. Kevin says that the talk should be informative for both students of biology and those who are interested in learning about this important public policy issue. Well, one of the one of the things that's happened is over the last decade, the West has has dried up considerably, and you've probably heard things in the news about the drought in California, and what that has done is has made the the likelihood of massive fires much greater. And, um, you know, with massive fires comes massive firefighting efforts. And uh, what has happened is, is, is in order to protect some, some property, they've ended up doing huge backfires that have destroyed, degraded um, large, very large habitats. We have, we have a changing climate. We have um, management practices that are to some degree dictated by property values and I mean one maybe perhaps one question we should ask is um, should we be building uh, houses in, in some of these areas that are extremely fire susceptible um, because uh, the, the uh, intensity of the fires is, is, is quite ferocious. It's one of these things that you know it seems relatively straightforward and then you know you add these layers of complexity and particularly these interactions between humans and habitats and, and organisms in those habitats. And it's a, it's a very complex story. It encapsulates a lot, of, a lot of issues, I think. And that's, uh, you know, particularly for, for us at a liberal arts college, it's, it's good to, to, to see that and see how these things all connect across disciplines. Um, and something that may seem rather uh, esoteric um, actually has a great deal of relevance to our everyday lives and our lives going forward. And if you happen to be on campus early on March 25, you can drop by room 276 of the Center for Science and Business. That's where Professor Sweet will talk about the origin of sea snakes starting at 4 in the afternoon. Kevin says there are about 70 species of sea snakes, and a vast majority of them are quite deadly. They're known for their primarily neurotoxic venom that, uh, you know, if, if they bite us, tends to stop our breathing and our heart, heart beating. Um, but it's obviously a very effective, effective way of um, capturing debilitating prey and, and eating them in, in the ocean. Um, and the, I mean, there's, there's a group of sea snakes called crates that, that lay eggs on land, um, and then the, then there are the the true sea snakes, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, that uh, give live birth in the ocean. So they're not really tied to uh, land at all. And uh, some recent studies have shown that they um, drink water running from rivers that are running off into the ocean. So they're able to get less salty water from these freshwater sources uh, following rains. Which is kind of interesting because people have wondered for a while how they're able to exist in the ocean without fresh water. And it turns out they, they get fresh water when they need it. That's Monmouth biology professor Kevin Baldwin previewing the upcoming Donald B. McMullen Lecture in Biology. It will be given on Monday, March 25 by ecologist Samuel Sweet of the University of California at Santa Barbara. You can read more about the McMullen Lecture on the Monmouth College website, monmouthcollege.edu. Thank you.
That's going to be a 30 for this 25th edition of Mammoth Challenges 1853 podcast of the 2018-19 school year. I hope you've enjoyed this program. Tell us what you think by firing off an email to us at news at monmouthcollege.edu. Be sure to put podcast in the subject line. Until our next edition, this is Dwayne Bonner from the Monmouth College Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks so much for listening. So long, everybody, and have a nice day. Thank you.